Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi taala wabarakatuh. You see podcast with me Fadlina Alias from the Faculty of Sharia and Law Usim. Um today's topic is a topic which forms one of the key agendas and issues at the Ministry of Higher Education Malaysia was also a topic which was recently highlighted in the Majlis Amanat delivered by Yang Berbahagia Professor Datuk Dr Sharifuddin our Vice Chancellor. And that topic is Islamophobia. With us in the studio today is someone who is well positioned to discuss her views on the topic, uh, Professor Madya Dr Nofadilah Muhammad Ali from the Faculty of Sharia and Law Usim. Assalamualaikum, Dr Fadilah. How are you today? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So let me just give a brief introduction on our speaker for today. Um, Dr Fadilah is involved in research on counter-narrating violence and extremism. also the development of skills on peace and conflict resolution and she currently heads the faculty's research cluster on the acronym is SIDIR it stands for Sulh Alternative Dispute Res- Resolution and Peace okay so without further ado um let's start the sharing session Dr Fadila shall okay, we okay sure all right so Dr Fadila can you please explain to us what exactly is islamophobia Was this triggered by certain events such as the war on terror post 9/11 or has it been in existence even before that period of time? Okay, thank you. Islamophobia, it is a term which refers to irrational fear, hatred and prejudice against Islam and Muslims. Some others also refer it as association of Muslims and Islam with negative images, stereotypes and sentiments. So basically This is a term which has been used to refer to the situations of Muslims who face discrimination and fear because of Islamophobic remarks. Mm. So this term was used by the Runnymede Trust report uh, in UK to depict the situation in Britain mm. uh, because mm. they saw that Islamophobia was rising at that time and they put them they put the term in in this in writing and from that onwards in 1990s uh, the term Islamophobia has been used widely by the media mm-hmm. and also by publicists Uh, to refer to as unfounded hostility towards Muslims and therefore fear or dislike of all or most Muslims. I see. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, um, we are currently transni- transitioning into the fifth industrial revolution, digitalization, Internet of Things. My question is, why is it at this time and age, the issue of Islamophobia is still very much prevalent? Because I would think now, even more than before, with the various media platforms that are available, it would be easier to project the true portrayal of Islam. Uh, the visibility of Muslim figures, for example, have significantly increased. Um, we now have a member of the United States Congress, Mr. Andre Carson, who represents Indiana's 7th District. Um, in the UK Parliament, out of the 14 Muslim members of Parliament, eight are women and six are men. And perhaps now the most famous um, Muslim figure in the West is uh, Mr. Sadiq Khan, who is the uh, Mayor of London. And uh, he is London's first ethnic minority mayor and the first Muslim to become a mayor of a major Western capital. Recently, um, You know, we see uh, depictions, videos of Muslims praying in congregation at famous landmarks in the West, such as the, uh, the sorry, the New York Times Square. So, with all this going on, um, shouldn't the global community be more informed instead now? 
Yeah, I agree with your statement just now. The community should be more informed because of the social media. You get lots of information from the right. internet right. about Islam, about what Islam should be, mm-hmm. not as how the mo- the media portray it to be. But the problem is again social media itself because social media also portrays what they want Islam to be. Mm-hmm. So the problem of Muslims today is uh, not getting the chance of, you know, um, explaining or showing uh, the, the true religion of Islam because the media had already got this image and people have already succumbed to these images. Right. So um, this disruption uh, we see has been there in the 1990s before Islamophobia already been there but it was in uh, isolated areas you right, know right we don't really know what what was happening mm. and um, it has not become a big issue as it is today mm. but today because of this and globalization right. us moving right. from one place to another mm. islamophobia manifests itself in many matters for example us as muslims we find it difficult to travel mm-hmm. um, there are some restrictions uh, due to this mm. currently um, under suspicion you're right you're right uh, <laughs> all the time under the name of national security <laughs> yes so yes. those are among the little among the many matters right. uh, relating to islamophobia yeah the problem is with this predominant manifestation in the media so having said that is it actually more of a clash between the east and the west when it comes to islamophobia well we can we can come to that conclusion if we look at the matter on the surface yeah, it looks like that on it the surface it looks like that yeah. yeah it looks like you know islam and the rest of the world yes yes yeah precisely um Samuel Huntington has mentioned this as well saying that you know depicting the scenario today at that his time mm. it, it was a clash between the east and the west that is actually very dangerous because it can breed more um hatred you know uh, about uh, of islam uh, as a religion and and muslims mm-hmm. but what we see more of this which would explain it better is a clash of ignorance nice clash of yeah. ignorance this right. has been picked up by um uh, edward said in his writing mm-hmm. um as well as esposito saying that the problem of today is actually not understanding or not knowing other people's culture mm. because we 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 like it too much looking at the media mm. and following media blindly emotionally right. without uh, Uh, enough knowledge mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. after the 9/11 mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and before that you know islamophobia occur because of the irushdi affair and mm-hmm. then um summer rushdi book and then the, the iranian hostage problem in the 19 uh, 1970s 1980s right. so um because of that people were following those incidents mm. ignorantly ignorantly mm-hmm. and they fail to look at it from the angle of knowledge right right so yeah. ignorance breeds phobia you're right right okay so uh, now that we've understood the contributory factors which have led to islamophobic sentiments how can we then counter it what do you think are among the steps or measures that can be undertaken Okay, as you rightly said, um, Islamophobia is actually a battle against ignorance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you mentioned as well, uh, ignorance breed uh, phobia. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is to address uh, our lack of knowledge here. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, Islamic education, education itself, is very mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Between religions, among religions, mm-hmm. there must be interfaith dialogues. Mm-hmm. 
uh, getting to know other religions, right. um, getting to know what people are practicing and mm. respecting each other. Mm. So tolerance is very important mm. uh, in order for us to live in a peaceful society with social inclusion, with the view and with the dream of having world peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not only knowing other people's religion. In my point of view. Education for the Muslim community is much more important. Muslim themselves, so this is a multifaceted approach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, right. um, internal, external. So I want to explain further on how Muslims can themselves uh, be agents of change towards combating Islamophobia. Yeah, we can blame external factors like we want, okay, mm-hmm. but again, we cannot forget to look at what the problems that we have inside in right, the Muslim community. Right. Mm-hmm. Studies have said that. Youth who have been following radicalist movements, mm, mm. Um, terrorism, mm-hmm. um, they were basically very poor in Sharia knowledge and have very basic Sharia knowledge. Right. It is said that they want to join this because they want to find some alternative ways uh, to feel the satisfaction. You know, there are many youth recruited um, mm. outside um, Iraq, Syria. Mm these areas even in Southeast Asia mm-hmm. so in Southeast Asia for example what we saw in, in Manila in Philippines in the Philippines or in, in Thailand for example even in Indonesia in Malaysia itself right. um, we really need to educate them on uh, what Islam sought Muslims to be right, uh, right. the doctrines of for example mm-hmm. um, jihad mm-hmm. has a wider connotation right. very controversial word very misconstrued by the west the yeah. word jihad yeah yeah the word jihad and then um, um you know these these groups the radicalist groups they like to use the words like words like uh, jihad like uh, shahid like uh, darul islam darul haq ah, with right. this binary thinking mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, seeking the the, the pleasure of Allah and then by this they, they justify actions like uh, uh, discrimination or excommunication mm-hmm. um, uh, other brutal yeah. violence um, violence yeah, which is against violence. Yeah. Uh, human rights right. international human rights right. so uh, this is this is the worry mm. uh, and they, are, they go against democracy while all these things are in the Islamic teachings mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to build an Islamic state it does not necessarily be in one way mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be in, in many forms We as long as we follow all the principles which has equality which has justice right. and so that should be the understanding of the Muslims so knowledge is key Yes, and the way that we disseminate such knowledge must also, I think, be current, because uh, we have different generations and different ways in which they, um, you know, get hold of information. So I think it has to be a progressive approach, yeah, a multifaceted and progressive approach on how we uh, ensure that people at all levels of society are properly educated about the true tenets of Islam. Right. Yeah, okay. and Malaysia is in the position to um, bring this matter at the forefront um, being the leader of the of Southeast Asia of the world in fact mm-hmm. because we are known as people who who love knowledge mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. are also have this unique um, um, cra- uh, characteristics of being in a multiracial country we have shown a, a good example and we do really hope that we will stay that way 
Inshallah, yeah. Inshallah, that is true. Malaysians are also, I think, among uh, the top users of the internet and social media. So we're in the best position to actually, you know, um, become agents of change uh, towards, you know, um, uh, correcting uh, other people's views on um, Islam. Okay, so um, on that point, since we're talking about Malaysia, do you feel that there's a real danger of Islamophobia in Malaysia itself, Doctor? Um, the seats are there. We, 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 we have to see uh, closely to, to especially our youth because the internet is open. Everyone can get information. You can mm-hmm. easily see what is happening around there. Um, the way we portray the religion is also very important, especially if we happen to bring them as, you know, political mileages or some, you know, mm-hmm. not in a way that would cause fear and not in a way that would be confusing or contradicting Mm -hmm. to the values that Mm -hmm. we know the values of democracy Mm -hmm. the values of equality Mm -hmm. so we are in this um, very delicate position we want to talk about Islam we want to have everyone uh, be aboard with us Mm -hmm. but at the same time we don't cause um, unnecessary fear right right so that is what I think I think in the uh, context of Malaysia today, this is the best time because we have uh, this um, um, framework, the Madani framework, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. very much uh, encapsulate all these concepts being uh, tolerant, um, including everyone. Mm-hmm. Not Nobody is left behind. Being an behind. inclusive society, yeah. right? So there's You're a right. precarious balance there. But I think, yes, Malaysia is well positioned uh, because of its cultural pluralism, because of the tolerance that we see, because of the laws that we pass, which actually are very mindful about uh, be respectful, being respectful of each and every religion. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, when we pass laws in Parliament in Malaysia, I think we are one of those very few countries that actually seek the views of religious groups and um, are influenced as well by um, what religious groups have to say about the uh, admissibility or the validity of such laws which touch upon their rights. Okay, so thank you Dr. Fadila for sharing your thoughts and views on the topic. Uh, This has truly been a very interesting session and I personally feel that I am ending this podcast as a person with a more enlightened perception towards what is termed now as Islamophobia. Now, may each and every one of us become an agent of change in removing Islamophobia from the mindsets of people and representing Islam in its truest form. Allahumma amin. So that's all for today. Um, if you want to listen to other podcast series, you can visit podcasts.usim.edu.my, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thank you to everyone who's tuning into this podcast and always, always stay tuned with using podcasts. Thank you. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wabarakatuh. Assalamualaikum.